0: Hello and welcome back. Today is Sunday, March 21st, 2021. It's just the beginning of spring and it's a beautiful day. The topic of this episode is a culture of cheating yourself will push you over the edge. The question of cheating comes up in a consult or in an email or a phone call at least once a month. And it usually goes something like this. So, I have been following your recommendations for, say, six weeks now, and I am uh, really feeling good. The pain is gone, the gas and the bloating, and this or that issue is resolved, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, when do you think I can cheat and have X? The item X in question is usually what I categorize as never let enter your body because I consider these toxic and most often the very source of the issue the person was suffering from to begin with. Usually, before I send my clients a shopping list and send them on a shopping trip, I send them to their kitchen with a complete makeover. There is a list of all the things they need to clean up and discard. Note, I said discard. I will cover this topic in another episode. We often go over this list very carefully. And I explain the logic, the reasons, and how most of these items are toxic and harmful to everyone's health. And many of the items may be specific to a particular person due to their specific health concern or goal. This process is more important than the process of shopping for good things. And I always make sure I go over this list first. I believe that if you understand the reasons why you should not eat something or do something because it is detrimental to your health, or to your goals, you will not have a hard time making the right choice. But it is not always that simple. Unfortunately, we live in a society and a culture that condemns the act of cheating in many settings, such as cheating in a relationship, cheating on an exam or a project, but openly promotes cheating on ourselves. No matter how much I stress the importance of health and the effects of some of these toxins on our health, on our health, without a doubt, I hear this question every once in a while. When can I cheat? Just occasionally. To be honest, I usually try very politely to go back to my explanation and repeat myself and remind my client of that makeover list of their kitchen which should really be a makeover of their entire life for good. At least that is my hope and my goal for every single person. But what goes through my mind is something like this. Consider someone going through therapy, treatment, or any means necessary to quit a toxic and dangerous behavior or habit. Take smoking, for example. Imagine after six months of not smoking, feeling great, getting a good detox, and feeling like they could do things without being out of breath or winded, this person asks the therapist or the doctor, um, so when can I have a smoke, you think? Not every day, just one occasionally. If you were that therapist or the doctor or even a good friend or family member who cares, what would your response be? Would you even think for one second, "Um, yeah, sure, go ahead, have a smoke once in a month. That wouldn't be too bad, would it? Can you imagine any former smoker smoking only occasionally, say once or twice a month, and not ever go back to smoking more or not feel the effects of that once or twice smoking? Even if we really ignore the fact that smoking is bad for you, Bad for others around you, bad for the environment, and bad for all of us directly or indirectly. The sad truth is that most of the cheat foods are highly toxic and highly addictive, and they will alter your mindset and they will make you lose good judgment. In many cases, many of my clients have quit another addictive or toxic habit successfully only to replace it with another one. Sounds familiar? Many people quit drinking alcohol, which is great. Let me stress this again while I have the opportunity. No one, no one needs alcohol for any good reason. But quite often, they replace alcohol with something else to satisfy some of that urge. About 90% of the time, This is sugar. This makes perfect biological and biochemical sense. Alcohol is another form of sugar. I'm going to oversimplify this, but it will help you understand why this makes perfect biological sense. There are receptors throughout your tongue and your GI tract for sugar. So not only do you taste sweetness in your mouth immediately, which is the first reward and pleasure signal, but you also sense sweetness, if you will, and the sweetness effects in your GI tract, which then in turn activates pathways that, th- that then activate certain neurotransmitters, which send signals to your brain that you just experienced pleasure and reward. The alcohol addiction pathway and the sugar addiction pathway are very similar, and in some ways overlap. One of these common pathways involves a molecule called gamma-aminobutyric acid, or GABA for short. When the release of GABA is suppressed, this sends a signal to the brain to increase the intake of the substance that is causing the pleasure or reward. In other words, sugar or alcohol. This pathway is very similar for many addictions, narcotics, and or other addictive substances. Now, you may think this is very exaggerated, but it really is not. Sugar has very similar effects on your brain as does alcohol, nicotine, or many other addictive drugs. So, does it make sense for a person to quit alcohol or another addictive drug to replace it with sugar? Absolutely. Would it surprise you if I said to you that sugar withdrawal can be quite serious, much like alcohol withdrawal? I have seen people breaking down into tears in front of me not really knowing why they're feeling anxious or sad or depressed, only after cutting out sugar for one week. So let's post the question once again. When can I cheat again? When can I have a scoop of sugary ice cream or a donut or a cookie? Not often, but just occasionally. Truthfully, because I care about you, I would say this. If you want to go down that slippery slope, feeling intoxicated, going back into the insulin overdrive, emotional and hormonal roller coaster, and undo all the good things you have done so far, then I guess do that anytime, occasionally or not. If you are going to smoke, it does not matter one cigarette or 25 cigarettes a week. And we all know that the former smoker will not smoke just one cigarette occasionally. We also know that the former sugar addict will not stop at only one scoop of ice cream or one donut or one cookie. Let me be honest. This attitude is what keeps me busy. People who believe that cheating on their own health and body occasionally is accepted do come back for rehab over and over. As much as it pays the bills, i much rather not run an addiction rehab center for repeat cases, but I really prefer to see successful graduates of a health academy. I want to solve the issue once and forever. I want you to not cheat on yourself. Because I really believe that this culture that accepts or even promotes you cheating on yourself is as dangerous as pushing you over the edge of that deadly cliff of addiction, regardless of the substance of choice. So when I hear a therapist telling my client, quote, if you really want a cookie, go ahead and have a cookie, end quote. I really would like to give that therapist a piece of my mind. I really think they should not have the right or the license to practice. They are not in a position to give advice or provide therapy, if that's how they feel. I feel the same way about doctors who tell their cancer patients, quote, eat a cheesecake if you have to, just gain weight. End quote. I really believe that this advice is as bad as a drug dealer giving drugs to an addict trying to kick the habit. They are speeding up the process rather than prolonging the life of their patients, and I think they should be ashamed of that. But sadly, many doctors do not know this. They're not taught in medical school about nutrition therapy and the healing power of foods. They are taught to prescribe the appropriate drug for the appropriate problem, exactly by the books they study. But who writes these books? You guessed it, the big pharma. There is money and profit in selling drugs. There is no money and profit in rehab and getting people off drugs. It is a twisted system, and yes, it is a culture of cheating. So call me that outlaw or that oddball, because I am. I refuse to give into this toxic culture. I refuse to tell you it is okay to cheat on yourself. I refuse to give you my permission to damage your health, and I'm not going to be the one who pushes you off that cliff. People call me crazy when I say I never cheat. I'd rather be called crazy than a hypocrite. And I personally refuse to put toxins in my body because my health is the most important and the most valuable asset I own. Your health should be your most important asset you own and you must be the most important person in your life. I got my inspirations for today's episode From many who are sucked into the culture of cheating. Those who are taught that it is okay to cheat on yourself occasionally. But any other kind of cheating is frowned upon. Those who are confused because an expert or an authority figure tells them it is okay to cheat occasionally. And those who are standing on the edge of that cliff, unaware that this very attitude is going to push them off that cliff. I want you to stay, step away from that cliff and never look back, look back. I want you to ignore the expert advice that it is okay to cheat yourself. I want you to value you and respect you a lot more. If you're looking for someone who will not lie to you and will give you some real tough love when it comes to your health, reach out. I was born to give tough love. Don't hesitate to reach out if I can help you find your path away from that cliff and never look back. Thank you for listening today and every week. And thanks to those who provided me with the inspiration for this episode. Here is how to reach me. Email me at contact at or message me on Facebook on my Facebook page, Dr. Lally PhD. Until then, to your health and happiness.